I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Ashley Millar. Ashley and I met last year when we were neighbors and spent a lot of time together since we have kids of similar ages. In those sporadic mom conversations, we always chatted books. Secretly, I've always wanted to read more in the fantasy genre, but I do not know where to begin. So I knew I had to ask Ashley. And this was the impetus behind deciding to do this podcast, not only to encourage myself, but hopefully others to read outside our comfort zones. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your reading life? Um, Well, I started reading a lot as a kid. My parents actually, um, which is probably why I like fantasy, uh, (laughs) read Harry Potter to us out loud, um, all up through book six until I was old enough to finally want to read it myself. Um, So that started us off really strong with a good book foundation. And um, ever since then, I've loved reading. So all through high school, I read all the time. Once I had kids and they were very small, it was a little hard. I did drop off a little bit. The last last two years or so, um, I've really come back to reading and, and found my love for it again. So it's been really fun. Yeah. I have to ask what age you you were when you guys started reading Harry Potter because I'm like holding off to read it with my oldest as well because I'm like when is a good time like I feel like we're almost there but how old were you when you guys started that yeah he, he's close I think um I was in second grade when they started the first book with me okay and I loved it but but I will say I had the benefit of being the age when they were coming out so I read the first two when I was in second grade the third one came out when I was in third grade. The fourth one came out when I was in fourth grade and so on. So I kind of grew with the books. Yeah, um, which is a fun side to it. It was super fun. So I had to wait a whole year for the next one to come out. And I would reread all the previous books right before the next one came out. So I ended up reading them quite a bit. <laughs> I've read them a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're my favorite. But um, yeah, it was such a good foundation to reading and, and fostered a love of reading at a young age. So. I could see that. This was the series that really got me back into reading as well after schooling. So this is oh, what, Harry Potter. Yeah, it ignited my love for reading again. And so <laughs> I could see where that's really great. So I know you're really busy as a mom. So how do you find time to read in your day? Um, yeah, ever since having kids, that's the first two or three years, I, I really didn't read that much anymore. Um, but then I discovered ebooks and and audiobooks, and that's when I finally was like, I can read again. So that was nice. Um, I got Audible, and that really helped. So basically, anytime I was doing the dishes or cleaning, or the kids were napping, or or driving, even I would listen to my audiobooks, which was so fun. And then my husband got me a Kindle for my birthday like a year or two ago, and now I read pretty much at least twenty minutes before bed every night. That's great. Sometimes too long before (laughs) stay up way too late. But it's yeah, that's been really helpful. So I really don't read paper books anymore at all. Yeah. And I love that it's kind of changed your I talk about that, like our daily tasks. It makes them a little bit more enjoyable when I have a book going on. (laughs) Yes, I 
pretty much don't ever want to do laundry or the dishes unless I can listen to my audiobook. Yeah, it, it helps distract us pretty well. Do you read, um, do you have certain like genres you prefer in one format versus the other? So in ebooks versus the audiobooks, or you can go any way with that? That's a good question. Um, not really. I, at this stage of my life, I'm just happy if I get the chance to read. I, I'm not very partial. Um, I will say I like certain narrators better than others, but mm-hmm. as far as genre, it doesn't really matter so much. But I, I like what you're doing with this podcast. I tend to shoehorn into two specific genres, and that's pretty much it. So I, I should branch out more. Yeah, well, maybe this will inspire you a little bit. I know my mom is actually starting to get into audiobooks, and I feel like. I had to think back because I've been doing audiobooks for a while now, like I think like eight-ish years. And I'm like, I think it did take some trial and error of finding maybe what genres I liked or like you said, maybe what narrators are liked. Mm-hmm. And there's certain ones I've started and I'm like, oh, that's not going to work for me. Like I just couldn't, yeah. you know, like take to task with <laughs> like paying attention within the book. And I usually will earmark that to be like, okay, put that in like I need to read that in a physical book form like it, it doesn't mean it doesn't work for me but it just is not working for me in audio format there, so. there was one book that like that. it's actually a fantasy book and it's very it's very good I do really like it my husband's currently on book four I'm on book two I don't think I like that one as an audiobook I need to read it and I think I would much prefer it um in a you know a hard copy so I'm gonna try that next but I'm reading another fantasy book right now so I have <laughs> anyway yeah, well, while we're on the topic of fantasy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you like of this genre? And I am totally going to say this right now. I am a fantasy newbie. So <laughs> I even was like having this moment of like, well, what's the difference between sci-fi and fantasy? Like I'm like, in my mind, I put those in the same box, but I think that's just me having really underexplored this genre. Well, they they are similar. And, and when I was preparing for this podcast, there was a few books that I wanted to include that that are technically sci-fi but they definitely can go in the fantasy column as well so that was i picked more traditional fantasy books but um i i really like fantasy because we live everyday life all the time it's really Mm -hmm. nice to escape into something totally different totally new but the amazing thing is even though there's different different kinds of creatures different kinds of worlds different kinds of plants different kinds of everything cultures religions it's all you know made up you could say but it's still so relatable all the characters are still so relatable to our everyday lives and I just I love escaping into that but still it's still so human so relatable it's just it's really fun and it's just it's like magical to to think of something so new and so different it always amazes me what these authors come up with I'm like how do they have this in their head it's amazing so yeah Yeah. that's why I love it I've thought about that, and I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, but um, one of the series that you're going to talk about, I I did read the first book of it, and I was like, how did he think of all of these things? Like, I was so impressed. And even with J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter, like, I found myself thinking, like, she must have planned out, like, the trajectory of what that series was going to do, because it all just fit so well together, book by book. Yeah. That I was like, she had to have known towards the end or like maybe have a jet, you know, I don't know. I've never looked it up, but yeah. I feel like she had to have that in her head that where it was going to take, she was going to take it. Yeah. I won't give any spoilers, but in case people have not read Harry Potter, which would be crazy, but she did know. And when she was writing book one, what was going to happen at the end of book seven, because I wrote okay. by her. So that's, 
she had like a grand plan. So she knew. And that's why those books and a lot of the series that I've read have held up well because it's it's planned. So it all fits together nicely instead of the author just trying to write something to write them. You know, it's it's a full story that's been finished. They're just writing the middle. Let's yeah. Yeah. It was like it was definitely seamless. And I'm I'm kinda laughing because that's a testament to my life. I feel like my husband sees like the big long range picture and I'm like very like, nope, I only see like this little window that we're living in right now. Like I cannot look like in that bigger picture. So I guess I just assume like, cause that's how I would write a book if I sat down to write one, I would not be able to plan out like that, but they do an amazing job with it. <laughs> okay. So what type of books do you like to read? Um, like what type of fantasy books specifically or? Yeah. Well, you said you had two genres that you okay, kind of yeah. shoehorn into. So what? Fantasy and then historical fiction. Oh, I think God. similar and well, I guess also science fiction a little bit, but that kind of wraps into fantasy. Um, but historical fiction kind of reminds me of fantasy in a way because it's so different from our own time mm-hmm. and it feels fantastical to me. It's, it's different enough, the culture and the people. Um, and I love learning about our history, like where we came from as a, our people. So I don't know. I, I really like historical fiction because it really humanizes history. Yeah. Um, that's my jam too. That's like where I get stuck. It's, well, <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite. I, well, I don't know. Fantasy and historical fiction. Yeah. Those are my two favorites. So like, I really don't read autobiographies. I don't, I don't read any nonfiction at all, which I've heard it's, it's great. I just, I, I don't know. I just really like fiction. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's one of those genres I've actually found I could do well as audiobooks. And I like to do nonfiction where I'm, I know all of them would be like learning something, but it's usually a topic that I'm specifically interested about. Um, where And I've found that I could never really get through those books as a hard copy. But when I started doing them as audio, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could get through some of those more nonfiction books and really learn something from it. <laughs> I should try that. The next podcast um, coming out is actually like self-reflective books. So it's in the nonfiction realm. And that is where I found I've learned a lot because I've done a lot of like introspection from reading those type of books. That's yeah. I that, This is exactly why I need to listen to your podcast because I know I would probably like them if I tried them. I just, you know, you get stuck in your rut of books because they're fun and they're comfortable. But yeah, you know. But it's also so nice to have recommendations as well, because I think there is so much out there. And that's how I feel about fantasy, to be honest. I'm like, it's daunting. Okay, like, I don't have a ton of time to read. I want to make sure it's going to be a good book when I pick it up. And so I'm like, Ashley's going to be my trusted source. She's going to be the one I'm going to talk to. (laughs) I hate when you pick up a book and you finish it and you're like, that was not worth the eight hours I just spent reading that. Where is your personality in that? Like, have you put books down before? Or you're like, if I start it, I have to finish it. No, it depends. I I have put books down before. Um, like lately with kids, I think I'm more likely to put them mm-hmm. down. I'm like, I do not have time to read this book that's not good. But I did read a series recently that I just kept thinking, oh, it will have a good ending to make up for this mediocre writing in the middle. And then it, it didn't. And I was so frustrated so I don't always put it down. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I wish I had. But yeah, I think it's something we learn over time, right? Like now I kind of give myself like try 50 pages or, you know, like a, the first hour of the mm-hmm. audiobook if I'm listening and it's like, okay, if that doesn't work for me, then like it's just time to abandon it because otherwise then you get kind of invested. Like you said, like if I'm past the middle of the book, then I'm like, nope, I'm definitely finishing this because yeah. now I've already invested 60%. I was in the second book of the trilogy by the time I decided I wasn't a huge fan. And I was like, well, now I, 
I've read so much. I need to know. Because the first book is very good, but then the second and third. Anyway. Yeah. It happens. It does. Talk about good books. Okay. We can't always have a winner, but we can try. So, okay, well, let's start by talking about we have our fantasy book flight today and with our first book. We will start with um, Aragon by Christopher Poloni. Okay. Pretty sure that's how you say his last name. <laughs> um, this was actually the first fantasy series that I ever read. Um, it's it's technically, I think, a young adult series, but I actually reread it last year as an adult. And I was like, wow, this really holds up. I still love this book but like this it's a series of four but this series um so yeah that was my first introduction to like true fantasy I'd read a lot of fiction um but never like specifically fantasy so this is I think what's considered high fantasy so it has you know elves and it has like all those traditional fantasy um creatures in it is that why you call uh, it high fantasy this is total beginner here yeah so there's (laughs) there's fantasy and then there's high fantasy high fantasy is like lord of the Rings, so it's like elves and like traditional fantastical creatures that okay about from like folklore um that's high fantasy okay um thank you yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) i've only actually you know knew this the last couple of years um but yeah so aragon was the first fantasy series i read and I absolutely loved it. I, that book is massive. And I think I read it in like 10th grade and I tore through the whole thing in like three days. That's um, awesome. It was just, the story is so gripping. It's just a traditional story of I think the protagonist is like a 15 year old boy um, who meets a dragon, like a, or he gets a dragon egg and the dragon hatches and they bond. But then basically there's all this stuff that happens, like adversity that they have to face together. Um, but, but their bond, even though she's a dragon, she's like a sentient dragon. So their bond is so relatable, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there's so much intrigue of all the things that go on. He has like a, a brother, then you don't know what the brother is. And then there's like his mentor who ends up, you know, all these crazy things. Um, it just keeps you guessing the whole time. And, and what I really liked, this was the first ever book that I, a lot of fantasy books have a map at the beginning of the book because it's not uh-huh. a real world. It's a made up world. So when it tells you all these city names and all these countries and all these places, you need like a reference. It, it I mean, I prefer to have the sure the map out. That's the one thing I don't like about um, reading fantasy with an ebook. It's annoying to flip back to the map in the yeah. But I was reading this on a, on a paper book. Um, and I was just, I love maps just in real life. I love maps. And so that for me was just so intriguing that somebody can make up their own continent with cities and rivers and mountains. And like, it's so fascinating because, you know, this area is the land of the dwarves and this area is the land of the whatever elves. Like, and it's, it's similar to real life in that even though there are different creatures in the book, it's more like different cultures, which is similar to, to us now. It's just, so I think people get caught up in like, oh, that's so weird. It seems so nerdy. But it's so relatable to real life and just regular storytelling. It's it's so fun because it's so different, but so relatable. I don't know. I yeah, I think what I would guess, and again, not having read much of it, but I think that you could talk about maybe these like harder topics that we deal with in day-to-day life, but because it's in this like fantasy form, you maybe it makes it easier to address or it lightens the topic a little bit, but you're still getting the lessons or. Um... Oh yeah, definitely. 
and it, they can do it in interesting ways because it's a made up world. They can, they can do what they want with this world because they've created it. So I had a question actually about, so having read it in 10th grade and then read it again as an adult, do you feel like you understood the story any differently or did it hit you differently? Like in how you, because you've had more life experience oh, yeah, definitely. at this point. <laughs> yes. And, and I, I mean, I fully understood it as a 10th grader, but as an adult, like you said, I've read so many more books. I understand so much more about different cultures and different, and that, that plays a big part in a lot of fantasy series um is how the like different cultures interact with each other mm-hmm. the elves the humans and the, the doors of the humans and the even the dragons with the humans and all the other cultures and that just made a lot more sense um and there's even different cultures within humans that all have to interact um and so and i mean this is a young adult novel so um it's it's on it's like on the simpler side as far as that goes it's not it's, it's a little True. more obvious mm-hmm. um but still even as an adult i did catch things that I didn't before. I will say that the author of this book was 15 when he wrote this book. Wow. That's yeah, impressive. Super young. Um, he's like a literal, like a literary genius, you know, he's yeah. brilliant. Um, and then he wrote, I mean, I think he finished all the books by the time he was like in his mid twenties. He, he's wow. very smart. Um, and some would say, my husband included, that <laughs> books are a little bit of a ripoff of Lord of the Rings, but I would disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read Lord of the Rings and I, I do really enjoy Lord of the Rings, but I actually like these better. They're a little bit simpler. Um, so if you're wanting to start out with something fantasy, I would not recommend Lord of the Rings. It's yeah. a little hard. Um, I do like it, but it's hard. Like these are much faster paced and easier okay. to you don't have to remember a million names. You don't have to get some subtext that he briefly mentioned earlier in the book and try to remember it for later. These are easier. And I don't know, I, they're more enjoyable for me to read personally. I do like Lord of the Rings too, um, but yeah, these were easier. So I remember having read, and I, this might honestly be, now that I think back, where it kind of not turned me off to the genre, but I remember, I think in middle school, we read The Hobbit. <laughs> And then for extra credit, you could read The Lord of the Rings over the summer. And I think I was like 12 to 14 years old. And those books are very dense. And I, you know, and I wasn't really, I was not as good of a reader as I am now. And like, I just could not understand what was going on (laughs) for the life of me in these books. And I think that I just, I don't know, I probably didn't associate that with fantasy, but I think I'm just like, I don't know if I like those types of books because I honestly did not understand it. That's the yeah. bottom line. It was not that. No, it, I would agree because I, I remember I tried to read the Hobbit. I think when I was about 14, I got halfway through and I stopped. I tried again to read the Hobbit when I was like 20 and I got halfway and stopped. And I literally finished the Hobbit finally two months ago because <laughs> I listened to it on audiobook. And I was like, I'm going to read this ending book. And it actually was very good. Yeah. I, I think I read Lord of the Rings. I read all three when I was a senior in high school and I did like them, but I remember it took me about a year to finish all three because I needed yeah. to take a break because they were so dense. There was so much. Um, so yeah, I would not, I would not suggest that for a beginner. I kind of want to read Lord of the Rings again now that I've read so many more fantasy books and I'm more like in with the genre. I think I would enjoy it more, but yeah, I would not recommend it for a beginner. Even okay. though <laughs> well, good. This can be the one that's maybe a bit more for the beginner. That can be yeah. your starting track. <laughs> Aragon is perfect for the beginner and it, it is a fun ride the whole way through. Um, and the char- I like the character growth in 
in the Aragon books. Like you can really see Aragon, the main character, like grow throughout the books, and he he does change for the better, you know. And he has mm-hmm. some he makes some questionable decisions, but he learns from them, and it's it's like it's a coming of age story as much as it is a fantasy book. Ooh, so. That sounds very intriguing. I love yeah. the coming of age stories. So yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was Aragon by Christopher Paolini. How that's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then let's have your book number two. All right, I think for the next one, let's do Miss Porn by Brandon Sanderson. Um, it's a, it's also a series, um, three books. Um, I think the first one is technically called Miss Porn, The Final Empire. Yeah, that's what you sent me, so you're right on. <laughs> There's a, there's three books in the series. So I tend I read them all back to back. I tend to think of it as like one book really. But um, so Brandon Sanderson is my favorite author like of all time. I, maybe besides J.K. Rowling. <laughs> but, uh, he he is amazing. He um he has written so he has something called the Cosmere, which a bunch of his series all connect together. They're all in the same universe. Basically, each book takes place on a different planet. You don't need okay. to. All of the books or any of the books really just like the one series mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's fascinating so if you do read all the books you get like hints from other books it's really fun that's um, cool yeah so the mistborn series this one i felt a little bit when i first started it i was like i don't know what's going on just for like the first you know few chapters but if you just push through it is so rewarding um and so this one is about a young girl named vin and she's kind of like a a slum in the streets, basically. But she she finds out that she has amazing powers, and her culture, essentially, on her in her area where she lives, is very um, repressed. So there's another her, her the guy who ends up being her mentor is uh, also very very powerful, and he basically empowers her to to strike back at the final empire, the empire okay. that's repressing them. But what's so fascinating is it's like a it's kind of steampunk a little bit the the feel of the book is a little bit steampunk it's a little it's a little dark it's one of his darker books just in like visuals in your head essentially okay um i mean not necessarily like gory just you know they're very repressed (laughs) but uh, (laughs) what i really like about all of his books is each planet has a different um magic system which the people in the books wouldn't call it magic. It's just natural on their planet where they live. Um, so in this series, they it's their people are called metalborn. So if you ingest a metal, a different types of metal, it gives you different types of powers. And you're either born with it or you're not. So okay, um, that's like the magic system, and it's it's amazing how he comes up with all of this because it's it's scientific in its own way. I don't know how he does it. It's he makes it seem scientific even though it's like made up magic but it's he must do a lot of research to write them it's amazing and it's flows so seamlessly it doesn't feel like you're reading about magic it just seems like you're reading about the natural thing where they live like it's it's very fascinating so yeah um these books yeah they i don't know they were just i could not put these down either these i read these like three years maybe this is what introduced me to this author and i've i've read all of his books or since then i'm actually reading his fourth book of the next series of this series set 300 years after the original series okay yeah um 
So in the, do the people, the metalborn people, are they mm-hmm. aware that of like the different metals and what powers that might yes. bring them? So they like so, maybe seek that out or? Oh yeah. So okay. the, the way it works is um, pe- some people are called mistborn. They have control of all the metals. They can, they can ingest all the different metals and use all the different powers. That's the most powerful person. And then a lot of people are just called mistings and they can only control one of the powers so they can ingest one metal and use the power like if they ingested a different metal it wouldn't do anything um and so in this culture there's the ska they're the they're like the peasants essentially that's like i think that's like 90 percent of the population and then 10 percent of the population are like the lords and ladies usually only the lords and ladies have the powers and the ska don't ever have it's rare for them to have powers it's very rare for a ska to be a Mistborn, where they can control all the powers. So the main girl is a ska who ends up being a mistborn, and her mentor is the same way. Okay. And so you're following them, um, really striking back because because the ska are so powerless, they've never been able to rise up against their overlords, who are insanely powerful and pretty pretty brutal um, to use it against the ska. But it's uh, yeah, it's very good. And I guess what was fascinating, I mean, I don't want to give too much away because I want sure. to read them, but the end of the first book did not end how I expected at all. And I'm pretty good at like when I watch a movie or something, my husband gets annoyed because I can guess the ending. So he's always like, don't (laughs) tell me. But for this one, I was not expecting that at all. So then I was like, well, how are the other two books going to go now? Um, And it was, yeah, it was a wild ride. I loved it. I appreciate books that I can't tie up in a bow at the end. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh man, like that was too predictable. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And this one was not at all because I, it, yeah, it was, I just can't give too much away, but it was, it was very good. Um, but then the second and third one, I was like, I don't know where these are going to go. And they still were amazing. And he tied it up so well at the end, just as he, like, just as like JK Rowling, like he had the plan from the beginning. Yeah. So it tied together well. And, and all his books are like, um, like his biggest series is actually probably um, The Way of Kings. Okay. Those books are massive, but they're very good. They're like very, it's another planet in the Cosmere. I mean, none of these planets are really aware of each other, but um, some of them are. But that series too, is, it's very well thought out. It's, it's a different magic system. You know, people can have two different types of powers that they get from like a spren, which is like a sentient spirit from the God on that planet. It's, it's just so fascinating how I can come up with all this amazing stuff, but it doesn't sound crazy when you read it. It's yeah. like, seems so natural and just, well, cause you're seeing the case. I mean, you're, you're really getting all of it. And I understand you're like, I don't want to give any spoilers. So yeah. we're just yeah. giving like a brief overview of what these are enough to entice us all to read them. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but of all his books, I would not probably start with the way of Kings. Um, it's, but you, you can like, a lot of people do start with the way of Kings for him. That's um, his biggest. Yeah. Series. That's probably what they see. <laughs> yeah. Like if you look up Brandon Sanderson, that's probably what's going to come up as way of Kings, but Miss Barnes is probably a second most popular series. Um, actually a beginner, a great beginner book to read by him is Elantris. Um, okay. Cause it's another world um, with another magic system. Um, and that one is fascinating. It's, it's almost like a, like a zombie apocalypse for a few people that get thrown into this, like the middle of this deserted city. 
that one is that one is very good and it's a standalone book so you can just read one see if you like him and if yeah it's it's amazing and yeah he has a lot of good novels and listeners i'll include all these in the show notes so and i'll maybe make little notes like these start with these as a beginner to brandon sanderson so i'll include all these in the show notes so don't worry about writing them down while you're listening (laughs) and um but yeah either mistborn or elantris those are great beginner okay for fantasy in general or for brandon Sanderson. yeah it sounds like he's a he's written a lot of books he has written a lot i mean i haven't read all his books i've read all his cosmere novels which are the ones that kind of tie together but he also has a couple series that are just not part of his cosmere just regular books which i want to read because he's a great author he actually got his beginning another really really famous fantasy series um called the wheel of time um the author wrote i think was it i think he wrote 11 books but he got cancer and he needed to write one more but he knew he was gonna pass away before he could finish Mm -hmm. the book series and his fans were obviously devastated so he he wrote down in his notes like what was gonna happen at the end basically and after he passed away his wife who had been his editor for years picked a new author to finish his books and she picked Brandon Sanderson. So, so he, had he written before that, like any written, published books yeah. or? He had written Mistborn. Okay. Was, was right. And she loved that one. Um, and it, she thought it fit well with the theme um, of his writing. And so he finished that series, the Wheel of Time series. Oh, and I think he really did. I have, I'm currently reading Wheel of Time. I'm on book two. That's what I was talking about earlier. Okay. And that's the one I need to read and not listen to, I think, because um, I do enjoy it. But um, but yeah, I've heard he did a phenomenal job finishing out a series. And that's hard to do when when fans are so used yeah. to one writing style for 11 books. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's well, it'll be interesting from your perspective too, being so, like this being your number one author, like to see if you can pick up where, you know, yes. if the voice is different at all or. I'm cu- very curious. I have a lot of books to go before I make it there, but I am curious to see if I can um, tell when it switches over. Yes. <laughs> so that was the Mistborn series, The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. I'm definitely going to read it, by the way. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited. My mom, my mom actually read all three of them and she loved them. So I'm, it was fun to have somebody else read them and I could be like, what part are you at? It's, it's really fun. So. Well, and I was thinking about that as you've been talking about how you and your husband, John, read a lot of the same books as well, because I'm like, you guys could have like your own little book club together. It is fun. So, yeah. and he does I... not read historical fiction, but he reads a lot of fantasy with me. And I feel like with fantasy, I, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it would be nice to kind of like, you know, flip your ideas back and forth just to be like, am I understanding this correctly? Am I like... Oh, yeah. This- I mean, that's fun with any book. But yeah, it is fun with fantasy. And it's it's really fun to see, like, to hear what they think when they get to a big reveal or something or, yeah, just see what they think of of certain creatures. Because in, in Mistborn, for example, there's Coloss, which are, you know, I guess that's why... I, I guess one thing I didn't say why I like Sanderson is it's it's not high fantasy. He he fully creates new like creatures for every book. Wow. Which is amazing. Like there's no elves, there's no dwarves, there's no dragons. It's like like in the Mistborn books, there's Chandra, there's Mistrates, there's um Kolos, and then there's a human, which that sounds crazy when you have read books, but if you've read them, they're all fully fleshed out um creatures but they're all sentient so they talk and are 
part of this mythos of this world and um it's amazing how he comes up with it all and, and i've read like i don't know like five different series by him and each one is that way it's very he is a very creative person. that's what i say it sounds like he's incredibly creative yes so awesome all right well why don't you tell us about your last book okay um they were growing inside george R. R. martin um he let's see that was the i think i read that one and I was like 20. So it was probably the first, I read it shortly after Lord of the Rings. And and um, Game of Thrones is definitely more adult for anyone who's seen the show. The book is similar themes. <laughs> so I would not recommend for even like a high schooler to read it necessarily. You know, um, at 20, I was like, okay, like I'm old enough, but there are some parts that are, I'd say the show is a little more intense, which is crazy, but that's HBO for you. I also feel like shows are often more intense. And I think this, I've kind of attribute this to we, in our heads, we will create a picture of the book. But like, if we don't want to go there in our minds, like we'll probably create like kind of a very surface level image of that. That's so true. But when you see it on the screen and it's taken yeah. to like, they actually probably the level it's talked about in the book, like you're just like, whoa, it's in your face a little bit. <laughs> that, that actually, I'm sure is part of it. Because yeah, I mean, they actually did it for the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, they did a very faithful representation of the books. And it does seem like really extreme on some parts, but yeah, I mean, in your head, you're not gonna picture that extreme. But um, I remember I was reading the first one on an airplane, like going somewhere. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this book is amazing. It, it reminded me of Aragon kind of just more adult. Mm -hmm. um, it had the map, but it was even taken to the next level um, I think the author, I think he wrote these based on like the War of the Roses, which is in like Europe, I don't remember in the 15 or 1600s. Oh, and so I didn't know it, that. Yeah, when she based it off of that. And he's like a historic, he's like an historian. Um, mm -hmm. And so he, but he decided to make up a whole fantasy world. And when you want somebody who is good at writing cultures and he, he is the guy, like Sanderson is amazing at that too, but George R. R. Martin, it almost seems like the real world, but it's fantasy. It's so fascinating. There's different religions in this book that seem so real and relevant to the characters. And there's mm -hmm. different, like, it'll even talk about migrations of people that happened 400 years ago, but that's relevant to the story. It, so it, he has this whole history so fleshed out in a similar way to, um, like, Lord of the Rings is that way too. But I still, I think I enjoyed Game of Thrones more than Lord of the Rings, actually. Um, okay. It's a little easier to read. Um, it's like, yeah, it's not as confusing. I think. Mm -hmm. Although there are a lot of characters. That That is the one hard thing, but it's so much fun. Um, so, yeah, this this series, um, if you haven't read the books or seen the show, is about, it mostly centers on one family of, there's like, it's a lord and a lady. Um so this isn't, I don't think it's technically high fantasy, but it's very close. Okay. There's no elves or anything like that. It's it's different creatures still, but it's lords and ladies and castles, and it's set in like a medieval time period. So it's similar to high fantasy. Um, but there's the, the lord and the lady, and they have, I think it's five children and one stepson, like adopted son kind of. Mm -hmm. and it's basically what happens to that family over the war for the the crown um because 
a little bit of a spoiler alert, but it happens pretty early on. The king dies and everyone is vying for the crown of Westeros. And it is crazy what happens to each individual family member because at the beginning of the story, they're mostly like kids and teens and like maybe young people. Yeah. Um, but they all each go their own separate ways and get into so many different adventures and there's so much intrigue in these books and a lot of politics which sounds boring but it I find it highly fascinating the way that politics weaves in and out of these stories like well it's kind of a gripping politics too I've only read the first book and I have not watched the series outside of seeing it in the background with my husband watching it um but I feel like it from the little bit I know I feel like it was a very gripping and like this riveting like you want to know what happens oh side yeah. of the politics yeah. so exactly it's not boring like how many hay bales do we need to feed the cows it's you know it's like who killed who and why is this person mad at this person because this person's trying to sneak yeah it's just very crazy how he's on the kind of the implications too like I felt like I remember it went through like the implications of what that would mean to each character and like exactly it all ties wove the story together yeah Yeah. and it it what one character does affects like five different characters like it's it's very amazing how he's able to weave it all together so effortlessly and I mean there's two different continents even like there's the Westeros and then Mm -hmm. there's all the politics of the other continent to the east and how that plays in because they want a certain king or queen to end up ruling. So yeah, in, in later books, you know, multiple characters travel over there and there's all this history and then there's the dragons thrown in there, mm-hmm. um, which is always fun. And, and then even goes back to like the old gods and the old people of the land who were there like 2000 years before. And then there's the evil white walkers up in the north, which like the people in the north know that they're coming, but the people in the south don't believe them, and they're really more focused on the war, not like the bigger picture. So it's it's a very good book. The only thing I will say about this series I don't like is that they've he has come out with five books, and I think he says there's a planned seven. So okay. what happened in the series is they got through the five books that he had written, and he hadn't finished, so they just kept going with the series and they had to make up the ending because there was no ending which you hear people say all the time the end of the game of thrones show was awful which i agree it was awful yeah it was not based on a book because there wasn't one written yet so i have been waiting on book six since 2011 and he still has not written it so (laughs) i would say if you do want to start the series maybe wait until he writes another book or two I don't know what he's doing because he has written so many spinoff novels and I'm like you should finish the original oh, so he series. is still writing yeah. I didn't know that okay yeah he's come out with like I don't know five books since then but it's not <laughs> the series book and it's actually um made a lot of his fans pretty angry okay um so that's an interesting little tidbit there um and yeah, I, I remember because I know my husband he faithfully watched this show and that mm-hmm. was why I decided to pick up the book because I'm like this is my whole life. I watch very little TV. Never really watched. I mean, it just is who I am as a person. And because I would always rather have a book. And I think it's become even more so since becoming a mom, because my days are so loud that at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I'm like, I just want a quiet book that is not going to like Game of Thrones, especially with the fighting and all of that. I was just like, 
not that I thought it was bad, but I'm like, I just want quiet and peace and calm. <laughs> but well, I where I feel like in reading the book, I'm not that clashing of swords and all that. That's not happening in my head. So it's a quiet. Oh, no, it still feels quieter because <laughs> it's in your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so, so I did read the first book because I'm like, I want to be able to like talk to him about it. And then I think I just got busy with life because these are these are also pretty thick books from what I remember of that first one. Yeah, I would also not suggest this as a beginner fantasy because it's I mean, I read it having not read a lot of fantasy, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big reader. So I was able to get through it yeah. and I had just read Lord of the Rings. So this was easier than that. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of characters and they're thick books like one book takes a long I mean I think on the audible it's like in the 40s as far as hours go oh just, yeah whoa. I would bet because I, I read this as an I think I read this as an ebook actually but I think it's at least 500 pages oh yeah and they get I think bigger like the first one's the shortest yeah class, you know um so did you then watch the show after you yeah. read these I read all five in a row like back to back because I was loving them I couldn't put them down like once you get invested it's hard to put them down and I will say at the end of the first book if you've read the if you've watched the show you'll know what I'm talking about too but I was not expecting what happened at the end of the first book at all this was the first time in a book series I had read where a main character was killed off and just like dead I was like I guess because at that time I was 20 I think I hadn't read a ton of like fantasy or anything and I was just absolutely shocked that he would kill off a main character like a main main character it was one of the narrators because the way this book is written, each chapter is a different character's Okay. Um, so like the title of the chapter will just be Arya or the next title of the chapter will just be Ned and it's from that person's perspective. Sure. So it's, it's interesting um, how that works because you see all these different characters' perspectives um, throughout the story. But yeah, I, I had never seen a perspective character killed off and that was really shocking. So I was very curious how the rest of the books would play out and it was great and and I will say each book usually adds on a new perspective character and the one thing I didn't like is I think in the third and the fourth book was supposed to be one book but it was getting too fat so he put I think like four characters in book three and book four started back over from the beginning of book three at that timeline and did four different characters oh wow it was a little (laughs) confusing going from like book three to book four because you had to like go back and be like oh wait what happened at the beginning of book three but then you ought to see different perspectives yeah from there on so that was and maybe if you know that ahead of time that will help with the diving into book four yeah um so that was kind of hard at first and there are you know you get to like certain characters and you get to not like other characters Mm -hmm. as much so you know you're reading a chapter that's really good from like Arya's perspective say and then it goes to somebody else's chapter and you're like oh I don't want to read this one <laughs> so you gotta like rush through that one but I mean that was pretty rare they, they were really good all the way through yeah I'm anxiously awaiting book six <laughs> so did you find that as you watched the show were you like I really liked the the way they did the show I mean I feel like we tend to think like books are usually better than the movie or the show but what did you think of this um I mean as always, the books are definitely a lot better than the show. But I will say, like seasons one and two, I thought they did a phenomenal job of capturing, for the most part, the books, especially because they were able to do a show instead of a movie. So, I mean, they had so many more hours to devote. Um, so I, I did really like um, seasons one and two, although I will say the show was definitely better. 
And then as it went on, it got less faithful. And then especially at the end, I, I remember after season five, I was like, how are they going to do this now? Because there's yeah. no book. So I think, I think George R. R. Martin did consult them on the show though. So I'm, fans are wondering if what happened in the show is actually what's going to happen in the books. Hmm. But since, since a lot of people did not like the last season of the show, people think he's going to change the Well, book. maybe that's what's taking him so long. He's like, well, I'm going to take it a different way. <laughs> <laughs> like fans hate it. I have to switch that now. Um, and I will say, I think if the last season, they rushed the last season of the show. I don't know why. But I think it would have been really, really good if they had had one more season. It just mm-hmm. seemed like a lot of characters flipped too quickly. Sure. Or if, he, if that was in a book, he would have had plenty of time to make that character development seem yeah. a lot more smooth instead of all of a sudden being like, why is this character doing this? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So we'll see when he, if he ever releases six and seven, because he's getting up there in age. So people are worried. <laughs> but yeah, but- I found recently there was a book that I liked and it's becoming a series and the portrayal of the characters in the series were not the image of what I had made the characters in my head. And I was like, I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah. When they don't match up in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I read Harry Potter before the movies were out. That's how like long. Yeah. Or I had started reading them and, and I, there was a few things I was like, that seems weird. I mean, I was little, I was like, third grade when the first movie came out or something sure. but yeah it, it was jarring and now for the most part I just imagine the movie characters as the characters but not all of them some of them I still have my own version in my head that I faithfully picture because I'm like I don't I want it how I want to see it yeah <laughs> I remember that um Hermione I had read the first three books before I saw any of the movies mm-hmm. And I was totally, I don't even know what, what I was pronouncing her name was, but it was so off. Like it was a Hermione or I don't know what I was yes. saying, but like I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I was like really off on like on the name I had made in my head. Yeah, that's not just you. My parents read it as Hermione for a very long time. Yeah. Until the fourth book, J.K. Rowling cleverly, she had realized that a lot of people were mispronouncing her name because it's an uncommon name. And Victor Crumb in the fourth book cannot pronounce her name. So she spells it out phonetically in the book there and that, you was go. In, that was intentional that way uh readers would know how to say her name which well I, i'm glad to hear that because i remember yeah. that was like the first one where i was like wow i was really yeah. off <laughs> i mean my parents read it wrong but yeah it was and they said i think they said dobie instead of dobby and there's quite a few and those those names are weird in yeah. those books which is part of the allure because it's a fantasy world exactly and- yeah i feel like it just fits it all fits yeah, it for sure Um, All right. Do you have anything else you want to add about the Game of Thrones? I really enjoyed, same thing in these books, the maps, because Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know if he, I don't know if he fully make, I think a lot of authors, they have a general concept for the maps and then they have a map maker, like kind of flush for them. But it seems so, it just, it fits so well. If, If that map was not in the book, it would be so much harder to read and so much harder to visualize like all these different countries and where people are yeah. going and with the maps in there it just really for me it really brings it all together and so in my I actually read that in a paper copy too and the the map page is like so bent back because I would just <laughs> I felt like I would flip back like every five pages you know just to to study it some more and it's like weird how I have I can like picture the map in my head right now <laughs> like where all the characters went and and yeah so that's that was something really fun that I, I liked that map particularly. Um, 
it was very well thought out and very detailed. Yeah. And helpful for sure. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah. I liked, I liked the creatures in those books too. It was, um, the dragons were interesting. It was very different than the Aragon dragons, which I like about fantasy because you can do whatever you want with them. Like in Aragon, the dragon could talk, but she could only talk directly to people in their minds. Like in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, they're more like an animal, you know, it's, yeah. that can be kind of controlled. Um, and then there's like the children of the forest, which are kind of like a secretive, elusive, original people of the land that were displaced by um, their settlers that came over. There was like two waves of settlements that came over mm-hmm. to the land, to Westeros. And so like how that all ties together is fascinating, along with the children of the forest. And you can see their old relics everywhere and their old religion that some people still follow. It's yeah. So the way he tied the creatures in like effortlessly with religion and with the maps and with the mythos of the land was very impressive. I thought. Yes. And I think that I'm definitely one of these people that, again, maybe this is something I've underexplored. Like I haven't really seen the show. I only read the first book. So this Mm -hmm. is a good uh, reminder to me like, Hey, jump back in on that second book and get it going. It's it's very good. And I'm the type of person who, once I read like one of these books, I get so invested in the fantasy world. I want to know like every detail about the history of the land. And a lot of times these authors have come out with like podcasts or interviews where they reveal extra little tidbits about the world. And so I just, I really dive deep, which is funny. I mean, you'd think I want to do that with our own history, but it's more fascinating when it's a fantasy world. So I really enjoy diving deep in all the, the extra fun little info that they, that they give out. Like same with, Lord of the Rings even he had he wrote like multiple different histories before from the ages before the Lord of the Rings which I've read a few of those too and they're it's so impressive yeah yeah and I think like you said this is a a genre it I think it would help to get those little looks in a podcast or something with the actual author because I think it would give you some insight into what they've created yeah and this is a genre that could I think really like that could only add to your experience of what you read definitely yeah it gives all that little backstory and and where the author is coming from you know why it gives character motivations in a way or cultural character motivations it's Mm -hmm. it's very fascinating that's so cool all right well that was game of thrones by george rr martin so what i want to do to close our episodes is actually a little bit of a speed round that i'm calling our bonus pairings so these you can just answer really quick you don't have to worry about giving you know a long description um but i'll ask you and you can just answer and we'll go from there okay all right so where is your favorite place to read Mm, right now probably in my bed at night with the light off i just have my kindle so i just like lay there and it's quiet and it's dark and I can mm-hmm. fully immerse myself in the book and there's no Love kids it. they're all asleep it's yeah <laughs> it's your time to like reset and then yes yeah. <laughs> all right so what is one book you have read that has changed your life uh probably Harry Potter I've read it so many times and that is really what it got me started in reading and I'm so thankful to my parents sat and read them out loud to us we'd read a chapter a night it was just I've so fondly looked back on those uh, times with my parents and my sisters and reading those together. So I love hearing that. 
I, uh, that is like my goal for my family. I, I've told my husband this multiple times, like my little dream world is that we sit around the fireplace. We're all on the couches and we have a family read aloud that we're doing all together. And our kids are a little young yet, but we're getting there. Oh, you're close. <laughs> it, I, I mean, I really do. I, I think that's what got me into reading. And I, I seriously just love that family memory of us all sitting. And my parents were so invested in the books too. They mm-hmm. loved it. They're great books, so it, was it just... appeals to the ra- like the yeah. a range of ages for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Do your are your parents big readers? Just as a side question, my mom used to be, but lately she hasn't been as much. But she was a huge reader. Um, okay. And and she read similar things to me, like a lot of historical fiction and um, fantasy. She got me on Clan of the Cave Bear, which is really good, and um, Outlander. I love. Okay. Outlander. So yeah, she's turned me on to, and she's actually the one who told me to read Game of Thrones. So uh, yeah, nice. so she actually introduced me to quite a few. Really, well, good job, mom, for inspiring <laughs> you for being such a reader. <laughs> my dad reads a lot of nonfiction, actually, which is funny because I don't read it at all, but he does yeah. read nonfiction. Well, there you go. You had some good inspiration growing up. All right, so which do you prefer, audio or hard copy books? And I guess in your case, we'll say eBooks. <laughs> Ooh, that's hard. I mean. It just depends what I'm doing, I guess. I I like both. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll actually buy both, like the of one book. Like I'll buy the audiobook and the ebook, which seems redundant, but then I can switch back and forth depending yeah. on what I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. So I don't really have a preference. I don't really like hard copy books anymore, which is okay. crazy. I know some people are very much they want the paper like book and I I just never sit and just read a paper book. I want to be able to hold it in one hand and touch a button to turn the page. <laughs> convenience factor. And well, and I think the convenience factor too, it's just available at your fingertips. All the time. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And then last question, what are you reading next? I'm, well, I'm currently reading Brandon Sanderson's. So there's the Mistborn series. There's three of those books that it ends. And then I think the next four in that technical series are set for 400 years later so I'm reading the fourth book of the fourth and final book of that series exciting it is so good I'm listening to it on audible um I'm about three quarters of the way done and I'm dying to know what happens it's so good and I think he's actually gonna write so this Mistborn series there's the first three books 400 years later there's this four books that I'm reading right now and I think he's writing two more series in this on this planet essentially what is so okay. good about it is um in this series particularly the first book is set kind of like it's a little bit medieval ish it's like castles and there's not a lot of technological i secretly love that yeah, you too. <laughs> there's not a lot of technological advancement so in this one there's four books which are set 400 years later it's set in like it's almost like a western kind of because there's like the city and then the main character goes out to what's called the roughs and he's kind of like a constable lawman, but they still have like all the metals that they use for their powers, but they're also just discovering electricity and cars. And I think the next series is going to be set kind of like today's time with like space travel and sure. um, big technological advancement. And it's amazing how he works that into a fantasy book um, with all these, but all the powers are still in there and, What's amazing is the powers are they're they're finding out different scientific advancements with their metal-born powers, which ties into like technology. It's 
it's really amazing how he, he does it. So anyway, I'm reading, I'm reading that right now. And I'm actually rereading the Harry Potter books at the same time. So I'm listening. This is what I usually do is I'm listening to one book and I'm reading a different book. Yep. Um, okay. Like with my ebook. So I'm reading the Harry Potter books again. I haven't reread them in probably eight years, which for me is a really long time to not reread them. Yeah. I used to reread them every two years. Um, so it's been fun to reread those again. Have you seen the illustrated Harry Potter books? I have them. And actually, I'm like, I should be I'm reading it on an ebook. I own the illustrated books. <laughs> um, and I did read half of the third one on the illustrated book, and it was really fun. Yeah, too. I feel like the illustrations are fantastic. That's actually what I've been collecting for Marcos, because when I read these, I borrowed them from a friend. <laughs> So I don't own the series. So I've been collecting the illustrated books. So when we decide to dive in, we I think he's actually don't tell him he's getting the fourth one for Christmas. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's I'm like, eventually when we're ready, we'll have the illustrated books. But they're, they did a great job with them. They're they're amazing. For the last couple Christmases, that's what my husband has gotten me is the illustrated, the next one in the illustrated. Yeah. Has the, I don't think the fifth one has come. Maybe it has. I think the fifth one might have just come out, the illustrated one. Okay, yeah. And we were a year behind. He didn't get one last year. So that's what I was like. I told my aunt. I was like, just get him book four. Like, that'll be perfect. <laughs> I'm curious to see how they illustrated the fifth one because that book is a monster book. It's huge. Yeah, that was the big one. Add illustrations. That I'm curious, yeah, how they did that. But they, but they are beautiful illustrations. And, and the same when our kids are old enough, I plan to read them the, the illustrated ones too. I'm very excited for when they're old enough. We have a while still, but. Yeah. it'll be like a generational event now <laughs> yeah. and I actually was listening to Harry, the second Harry Potter book on Audible for a little bit I had it from the library and Noelle was in the car with me my three-year-old daughter and she actually sat there and she kind of listened to it and she enjoyed it which I was like maybe I should stop I don't want to ruin anything for her if she remembers it later but it was kind of fun to hear she she kind of liked it even at three so. how exciting yeah <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I want to recap our books really quick that we talked about. So we had Aragon by Christopher Paolini. We have the Mistborn series, the first book being The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson and Game of Thrones by George R.R. Martin. So thank you for coming on. I know your time is precious and I really appreciate the time that you gave us today. Of course, I love talking about books, especially fantasy books. It's so much fun. Now I get to go listen to my fourth one, and I cannot wait to hear the ending. So. Yes, well, I'm very excited for you. You'll have to check Thank back you. with me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Ashley Millar and I in our discussion today on a fantasy book flight. We'd love to hear what other books you might pair with your fantasy book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at bookishflights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. 
As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.